Welcome to a very special episode of the Cedarville Stories podcast. My name is Chris Massa, producer for the podcast, and on today's episode, we will be having a little April Fool's fun. Mark Weinstein believes he's here to interview Roscoe Smith, a member of our advancement division, but in reality, Roscoe will never come. Why? Because I'll be interviewing the actual, albeit unsuspecting, guest of today's podcast. That's right. Join me for this conversation as I interview our very own Mark Weinstein. How long have you been doing the podcast now? September will be four years. Did you expect to be a podcast host at any point? No. No. You've done like radio stuff before, right? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. So did that help with? I Well, what helped with, one, I think I sound awful. Um, I think I have a terrible voice, sounding voice, but my journalism background is what helped me. I, I did mostly print journalism, but I did do a little, um, in college, a little radio. I wonder if I should call Roscoe. Call Roscoe Smith Mobile. I wonder if he's sitting in my office. The invite has here. I know. Your call has been forwarded to an audit. Please text me. <laughs> It was one o'clock, right? Yeah. Dealing with the situation, maybe 10 minutes. So anyway, um, I think the podcasts have gone over pretty well. So did you always want to go into public relations? No, actually, I, um, I, I remember like in eighth grade, I wanted to go into sports journalism. And so really that was my focus from high school to college. I did that. I worked in at newspapers in Indiana for about seven years. And then by that time, then I switched over to uh, higher ed public relations. So it's been a fun, fun career, uh, both on the journalism side and then the PR side and being at um, various institutions. So was sports the catalyst for that interest then? And then it shifted over? Sports was the catalyst for me to get into journalism because I liked I like baseball. I like games. I like covering them. I like go like going to them and talking to the athletes and the coaches and the managers. But uh, and then when I went into public relations, so to speak, in higher ed, uh, that was back in 1988. I um, it was really a dual role. It was a sports information director and public relations director. So I did both, and I did that for um, about six years, dual, and then. I made this full switch to PR full-time. So where did your interest in sports first develop? Uh, well, probably as a, a really young boy, I was, I was born and raised mostly in the state of Michigan. And I vividly remember Saturday afternoons. TV was not a big deal back then. I was back in the early 60s. For me, TV wasn't that big of a deal. But I remember my dad having his radio on, whether it was in the garage and as we're working outside. In the fall, he would have the University of Michigan football games on. And Michigan had the greatest college announcer, radio announcer, in the history of college sports. And uh, his name was Bob Eufer. And so just the way he called the game got me really interested in in football and, and the University of Michigan. So I'm a lifelong uh, Michigan uh, fan. Um, it doesn't, doesn't matter what team is playing. If I see on TV now, if I see the colors maize and blue, uh, I watch for at least for a little bit, whether that's gymnastics, tennis, hockey, um, obviously football and basketball, baseball. So that's where my interest in, 
in Michigan, athletics really developed. And then my, my interest in sports. And then as a kid, I have two older brothers and we would always be out during the summer uh, or whatever season of sports season it, it was, we would be playing that sport, baseball, basketball. That's where it developed. And then we moved to Northern Ohio when I was 10. And my, actually my, my interest in Michigan um, continued. There've been some of, some of the, the best football players in University of Michigan history came from the high school where I graduated. Uh, Rob Lido was an All-American, played for the Denver Broncos. Um, probably the most famous is Charles Woodson, Hall of Famer, uh, NFL Hall of Famer, Heisman Trophy winner. So it's fun living in um, Ohio right now because the last two years, Michigan has easily defeated Ohio State in football. And I, I hope and I think the trend will continue. Was that, I mean, did you ever think at any point, I'm not doing sports journalism anymore, or was it just kind of a natural? Well, I realized I wasn't going to do sports journalism once I made that change, and it was a little bit difficult, but then I realized that I can still enjoy watching sports, just not having to go to games on weekends and in evenings. It, actually, it's, it's a better quality of life at home than um, it would be if I was a sports information director, because the, the hours are not very good in, in that position. So it was a good uh, decision. It took me a while to adjust to, but uh, I'm thankful the Lord led me that way. Speaking of sports. Yeah. So you've got a project to visit every baseball stadium uh -huh. in America. Every major league baseball stadium. And how, how far along is that? Well, if they'd stop building stadiums, I'd be done. Uh, because uh, probably two or three years ago, I did complete all the stadiums. But then they were building a new one in, in New York. They were building a new one in Minneapolis. They built a new one in Texas, which I'd already been to, the old ones. I now have three new ones I have to go to. But I'm basically done. And, um, and as a part of that desire, and I'm thankful my, my wife has enjoyed uh, going with me on those warm games because you know, a baseball game outside in the warmth is better than a cold stadium. But I want to write a book about my journey with going to Major League Baseball games. So I've started it, but it's a slow process. What's the, what's the title? I don't have a title yet, but... Um, I probably reach out to uh, Micah Cooper because I have another book that I, I want to work on um, about my career in public relations in higher ed. I have some good stories from all the schools I've worked at. And Micah has helped me with a, a title on that one. So we'll. What's the favorite stadium? Sure. And then two, if it's not a spoiler for the book, one, just one of your favorite stories that you've gotten to work on during your time at Cedarville. Okay, so the, the favorite stadium is easy. Uh, and I actually, I did rank them as I was going through it. And um, for many reasons, PNC Park in Pittsburgh is my favorite. It was built while I was living in Pittsburgh, uh, for one. It's a beautiful ball, ballpark, faces the, the city uh, skyline, and, and you get a nice view there. And the uh, Gateway Clipper floats up and down the Allegheny River um, during games. So it's just a nice stadium. The seats um, are aligned really, really well toward the field. Good food. So uh, PNC Park is my favorite. I will say, um, even though you didn't ask, Tropicana Field in Tampa is by far the worst stadium in baseball. So if you, yeah, I wasn't going to ask the yeah, worst. I'll say it, you know, because and and they know that, and, and I think they're working on trying to get a new stadium built, which they really need to. So those are my my favorite and my least favorite. 
Uh, my favorite project working at Cedarville, um, I don't know. There's a lot of things that I've been able to get involved with. I think being a part of the development of this news studio, this newsroom, and how it's allowed the university to expand its voice, not just with radio, TV interviews, but marketing videos. And it's really given us a whole new opportunity, a whole new platform to to showcase um, the campus and to tell our stories in a compelling way. So this this is one of the highlights for sure. Yeah, and this newsroom, I mean, I haven't been here since it was, uh, when, when it was first put in, but just over, you know, COVID, watching it quickly evolve into becoming more and more and right. getting used for more and more things and connecting us to more and more people has really been something. Yeah, and really, Sean Riffner played a key role in, in helping to identify what equipment we needed because that wasn't my area of expertise and uh, so he was really instrumental in putting the equipment from the cameras to the soundboard and the lights and so it was a team effort but uh, sean played a key role yeah we have a lot of a lot of good people here we do do you think there's anything like inherent to our faculty that makes media like them so much because i i feel like once they get on they a lot of them get called back they Quite do a fair bit. I think it's. I think it's. Um, first of all, to get them on, I think it. It, it was. Had, we had to be responsive to requests. So, responding to a request in a matter of minutes instead of hours is huge. And then once they got on, they're so knowledgeable. They don't let their opinion known. They they pretty much hit it down the middle. So they don't sway one side or another side and the media like that as well. So th those are the two things that have really set us apart. And then this room's helped a lot too. As much as, yeah, this room's helped us, not necessarily, not necessarily to gain other media, but to give us a better look and to save us travel. Cause, yeah. Because five years ago, before this came on board, I was driving the, the faculty to Dayton Media TV stations, probably three days a week, at least. Wow. For me, what is satisfying for me is when when we started, it was probably ninety nine percent Dayton. It was never Columbus, never Cincinnati, never Cleveland, never Indianapolis, never D.C. Now those were all staples for us. Um, so when I get calls from Angelo Brown from D.C. or D.D. Gatton from D.C. or it's like, wow, they have the whole country that they could choose from. And they're in the nation's capital and they're calling the little Ville. It's just because we are responsive. Is that the, the secret to just building good relations with media is just being responsive? You're a good podcast host. You should, you would do a good job on this. I should, st I should change seats with you. Are you sure you're not recording? You are recording, aren't you? Roscoe's not coming. He's not? Why? Because... I would like to thank you for being today's guest. No, no, no. On the April 1st episode oh. of the Cedarful Stories podcast. That's great. <laughs> Roscoe is coming, though, isn't he? No, I'm, I'm being dead serious. I'm confused. You are the guest for pending your approval. I won't approve it. The April 1st episode <laughs> there of the Cedarful Stories there, that's podcast. That's funny. That is so funny. You were... It, 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 it seemed odd that you're asking. You're so inquisitive. Well, he's still coming, right? He has to come. Roscoe's in on this. Janice is in on this. Will is in on this. Roscoe is in on this. <laughs> if if this is legit.
And I don't know. I'm calling Roscoe. <laughs> Call Roscoe Smith. He's not going to answer. Can't talk right now. <laughs> he is a dog. <laughs> well, I told Roscoe, just say you're always 10 minutes out. <laughs> well, I want to prove it. So we'll see what's, when's April 1st. That's a, that's a good gag. I was on to you. Now, just out of my own personal curiosity, what was the growing level of suspicion up to me telling you? Well, well, when even it, just getting the podcast scheduled. Well, with my suspicion level rate increased um, because you were sitting awkwardly with your phone. Well, I was nervous from the start because I had to pull out my little recorder to actually start it. Oh, I didn't see that recording, so I was a little nervous you would see that. And you are more inquisitive in your questions, like. You usually don't give a big deal about what I'm doing or my career. And so I was like, this is odd that he's really asking about this topic or that topic. He's never had a, we've never had a conversation about my career or anything like that. So that started the, you know, like, what is going on? I didn't, I didn't think much that Roscoe was late for today's scheduled podcast, but really just your stature or how you were sitting and, the, and how you were asking questions really raised the, the bar of suspicion. But nothing during getting it scheduled. Uh, with Roscoe? Yeah. Oh, no. Wow. How, how, why, why would it? So I had Oh, asked, you know what? You know what? Now that you say that, <laughs> now that you say that, uh-huh. that makes sense now. The pieces are starting to yeah, come because, together? Yeah, <laughs> because I'm going I'm to, I want this in the, on the podcast. Because Janice came to me and said, I understand you're giving Will Smallwood a hard time because you don't want to have Roscoe Smith on the podcast. I had no idea what she was talking about because I had never had a conversation with Will. And so I actually, just that day, Caroline Tomlinson said something similar. And so I thought maybe she was the the instigator of that rumor, false rumor. But she she said no, so I believe her. So then I I talked to Will. I go, Will, did we talk about this? And she goes, no. Then he sent me an email, a long email, like why I should do... A podcast with Roscoe, and I go, okay, I'll do it. You know, everyone wants Roscoe on the podcast. And, I mean, I'm not opposed to it. And um, so, yeah, now it starts coming together. So, when did this um, when did this idea get concocted? I had originally thought of it like last year, but then I thought, well, the, no podcast falls on April 1st. I can't think of any story that would work for that. And then I thought, well, this year let's just do an actual prank and slot it in as an extra episode and then it doesn't have to fit in the schedule. So I asked Janice if we could do a prank episode, and she said yes. So then I asked (laughs) Will and Roscoe, and they were both on board, and Will told me he was gonna tell you at that gala the other night. But he he didn't. He told me he was going to, and then I think I, I don't remember when I checked in with him, but I got the impression that he did. So I thought, oh, this needs to get scheduled before April 1st now, so that's when I sent Caroline to ask you. Oh, okay. And she just acted like you didn't know exactly what direction you wanted to go with the, the podcast yet. So then I was feeding prompts to Janice to give to you. And then that's why Janice came up. Okay. And then Janice told me, he said, Well, doesn't talk to him. I thought, Oh no, I've thrown Janice under the bus. For that. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so now that I've uh, spoiled the gag, is, is it something we have to do or we don't no, have to? No, we do don't it? have to do it. I mean, this is. This can still be the podcast. 
Go ahead. What's your favorite part of your job? Interacting with people and being able to, to um, tell Cedarville stories for one, but developing relationships with others because there are two things that last forever, the Word of God and people. And so um, I just, I, I enjoy that. And it's, it's helped, I believe, the university through ways that if you didn't have relationships, uh, it would have been much tougher for us to tell our stories uh, through the media. Um, I consider the media work I do to be fun, but I also consider many of the journalists that I've worked with, whether it's in Dayton, Washington, D.C., Cleveland, uh, Indianapolis, uh, to be friends, not just uh, journalists doing their job. Um, we interact on a personal level at, a lot of times. So um, just um, a few weeks ago, I took Abigail Riss to the NBC affiliate in Dayton for a story because it was the one-year anniversary of the war in Ukraine. And I hadn't been back to the newsroom, to, to their newsroom, since COVID. So it's been over two years. Um, so to, to, so to see John Seibel and Brooke Moore and Brian at the weather desk um, and just interact. And they were interested in what I was doing and I was interested in what they were doing. It was just like, like a family reunion. So that's, that's really meaningful. And, and uh, I love to network, develop relationships with people. And that's a thing I noticed too. I mean, you were talking about a lot of people at other news outlets, but just even on campus, I know that a lot of the faculty and staff know each other pretty oh, yeah. well here, but yeah. I mean, you seem to be connected to just everybody and you get to know bits of their story. And part of that is just that you're a public relations, but I, a big part of it too is people, like you were saying. I, I think God's wired me that way. And uh, I haven't always done it well. I can think of the, when I first met Glenn Dewar, when he, when he was r literally days here. I won't tell you the story because it's embarrassing for me, but uh, Glenn would probably tell you the story. Glenn's a, Glenn's a wonderful guy. And I, I remember um, with the media work and trying to schedule interviews, there was one, one summer he, he and his family were on, on vacation down in the south. Don't know exactly where they were, but it was a multiple hour drive back home. And during that period of time, and Glenn had three very young kids at the time, scheduling interviews for him and he actually doing them while he's driving his car and wow. his son knew that I, that I kept calling repeatedly so I was called I was uh, Mr. Mark and so he knew me on a first name basis so there's always fun stories like that lastly we'll wrap up with this if money training and opportunity were not barriers what do you think you would do from here on out as a living I'd be a professional baseball player I like the sport, and uh, I did play a lot uh, growing up, but um, I didn't. Uh, that didn't continue because I really didn't have the skills at that level to to make it. Um, going forward, as um, I'm just really just doing what I'm doing now and develop relationships with people, um, telling stories and sharing things that will help people in their in their faith journey as well as help me in my faith journey. Well, Mark, thanks for being a good sport today, and thanks for being my guest on the Cedarville Stories podcast. Thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 
And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory.